the DH. I really like Brent Laurie, and I bet I could watch you spread your air out all day. But when you're done doing whatever, when you're through playing whoever, you know that the Nats fans will be right here waiting for you. Seems like a poor place to be that undressed. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Real Episodes of Resting Pitch Face. I'm Kay. I'm Laura. And I'm Sydney. Um, as always, but it's been a minute, so if you need a reminder, you can find us on our website, restingpitchface.com. That has links to all the good stuff, like our Twitter, rest at, which is Resting Pitch Face with no G, our email address, restingpitchface at gmail.com, and our various merch stores. If you want to go buy a uh, uh, a t-shirt, you can go to our Teespring. If you want to buy some miscellaneous other goods, you can go to our Zazzle shop. Um, as I said, it's kind of, this is our first real episode in probably about a month since before before the postseason, even, um, let alone all the things that came after the postseason. And I think we did most of our emotions about the postseason in real time. If you were listening, we did a bunch of like little not real episodes. Um, if you missed those you want to, and you want to check them out, you can go back and listen. But I think we got out all of our like feelings about uh, the playoffs as it was happening. And so we kind of want to just talk about what's what's come since then. Um, and, you know, we'll say we all got to go to the World Series parade together. Um, which Laura, Laura has some feelings, I think. We all have feelings. Laura has a lot of feelings. I, yeah, I think... You know, which which not a real episode was it that I was singing The Room Where It Happens about how much I actually wanted to be there and how tough it was. And I will say, I think, you know, you guys and Nat's Twitter and our greater extended podcast family really have made it amazing to be a long distance fan and to still feel like a part of everything. But at the same time, there's nothing like being there. And after being, you know, I was talking to Grace about this and we both were feeling being far away for this postseason that it's like you're walking around in this odd alternate universe, like, like you're in happy baseball land and no one around you knows or understands or has any idea. And so getting to suddenly be completely surrounded by Nationals fans, particularly so many Nationals fans who I personally know and love and was so happy to see, it was like, I don't know. It was like a homecoming. It was like all of a sudden this bizarre parallel universe wasn't happening only in my head. I was suddenly ensconced in it and we were all together and everybody was there and it was amazing. And I will say, even as somebody who, you know, lives in the area and everything like that, it, there are a good number of folks, for instance, like where I work, where they're like, baseball, never heard of her. Um, <laughs> and so it was interesting to see how people's I guess like awareness of everything happening kind of change over the course of a month from like you wear a lot of red and have like a headband you sometimes leave the office in and a bag to go to like a game to oh my god I can't believe that that just happened oh my god oh my god like <laughs> um and so I think like like there are a lot of Nationals fans and I do not want to to question that fact like there were a huge number of people at the parade um, but just seeing people's awareness over time shift from like, hmm, that's something that like Sydney's really into, to, oh, I have heard of like text notes, <laughs> Howie Kendrick <laughs> was just a really interesting. 
I think I told you guys how I wore my shark onesie to work as a Halloween costume. And everybody lost their damn minds. Because <laughs> they knew exactly what it why. They knew exactly what it was. And I was like, when has something like that ever happened before? Like, I've worn a jersey and, like, <clears throat> safety glasses for goggles uh, as a Halloween costume before. And nobody got it. But I put on a shark onesie and an ass jersey. And people were like, I know what you're doing. I understand what that means. And it's like, okay, this is kind of cool. Like, who told you about this? <laughs> <laughs> My parents were up till after midnight for possibly the first time in years watching all of the last three games. I got texts and emails after midnight from former coworkers, former <laughs> bosses. Oh my god! Yeah, no, no, no. People, people were just like, "Oh, I know a Nationals fan. Let me text them. Let me email them. Like, let me, let me go and say like, oh, they're gonna be really excited.'" And it's like, "Yes, yes, I am." Um, people recognizing my curly W earrings. <laughs> it was a process from like, "What is that?" to "Is that Walgreens?" to "Is that the Washington Capitals?" And then finally, <laughs> finally. <laughs> people started realizing they were nationals and it was a it was a great progression um and it was i think you know it was really exciting to be all together for the parade and we may have like Mm -hmm. danced in the street multiple times because like that's where we were emotionally no we did there's no mayhem we danced (laughs) yeah absolutely i'm actually looking at the picture of the three of us plus friends of the podcast like right now i had it on my desktop so i was like okay there i'll just click that open relive a little of the joy yeah (laughs) It was it was great. There was there was dancing. I may have sobbed multiple times. Um, people put resting pitch face stickers on their faces that we didn't know. People we didn't know <laughs> put yeah, them on in their faces. Background and people just took them and stuck them on their faces. That was really fun. There was yeah. a lady next to us who asked if we worked for the team because we seemed to know so much. <laughs> <laughs> I think I missed that when it was happening. Yeah, I. Is that a compliment? I I choose to take it as such. Okay. Uh. Well, and in particular, she said that her husband was a former team doctor. Oh wow! Oh, you so should've... someone whose spouse did work for the team. <laughs> we worked for the team. <laughs> oh no! Did you get her contact info so you could be like, they need an infectious disease manager? <laughs> I did not. I should have someone to stand there with a sign that says, "Wash your damn hands." Like you and Ricky and Keel, just right outside re- restrooms. Uh, and Zach Ricky would probably want to be part yeah, of this. Yeah, he's he's definitely pro hand washing. Um, it, it was. It, I think that the other thing about the parade, and we're gonna get to the White House visit, so like that, that's coming. But it was also a reminder of, I I don't know how to to say this correctly. Like the team is it itself something where. Players can change year to year. Management can change. Ownership can change. It's a it's a brand, and being very affiliated with like a corporate brand is essentially going to be setting yourself up for disappointment, as we will see. But I feel like the community of people around it is going to be more constant than any of those things. Mm-hmm. And, like, when you're, like, I am a fan of that team, you're also expressing, I am a fan of the community that that surrounds that, not regardless of if the team does dumb shit, because they're going to do dumb shit, they have it, done it in the past, and they will do it in the future, but, like, also, I'm with people who also recognize that 
they're you know that that it that is part of being a fan not to not to um lessen your point but are you saying that the real world series was the friends we made along the way the real world series is the friends we made along the way Kay. <laughs> i mean I, I i i'm not trying to make a joke of it but like i put it, it on twitter it's okay <laughs> We all put it on Twitter. It's up. It's out there. We clearly, we are on record as feeling this way. I know. I really do. You know, like some of the things that we've done that I'm the most proud of, um, things like the Queer Fancy Stats donations, the events that like HSI, for example, puts on that are about community and charity donations, the get togethers that we've had for other reasons when we've been, you know, building these communities and, and there's been a whole lot of charity stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm ridiculously proud of that. And I think that says a lot about who we are as a fan base and a community that really does go above and beyond who the team is year to year. Yeah. And obviously that is something that could change, but right now it's not changing. Like right now it's, a, it's, a, we're, our fan base is in a good place and a happy place. And it's really nice to be a part of it. Yeah, and I think it's definitely, you know, a good place asterisk. Like, everyone was like, could yeah. you have let that euphoria go for, like, another couple of months before kind of dashing it against some rocks? <laughs> um, you know, and I think that we'll, we'll get into to it and get into the fact that the uh, the players sort of anonymously but on the record said they didn't like that either. Um, and so I think that there's there's something to be said for it. I also... I'm at a point and I know we can, we can discuss this. Maybe we should discuss it, but like, I also want to discuss the fact that I thought we were going to see all of Brian Dozier, um, <laughs> like all of it. Like, um, it, but like, there's a point where you have to make the decision of, am I going to stay engaged with this thing and criticize it vocally? Or if I, am I going to disengage and say, you know, sort of F it, this isn't worth my time or, or, or effort. And that's something that I've, kind of struggled with over the past I don't know how many days 20 days and to be clear both of those are completely valid responses and I know we have a lot of friends who are going in both directions and who are waffling between the two and are kind of somewhere in the middle right now and just from the community aspect of that I want to re-emphasize that the people are the most important thing to me at least and I think it's important that we say that we're going to support anybody that we're close to who goes either direction as long as there's thought and you know consideration of this and if you're still staying involved with the team and you're critiquing that's not the same as people who are just blindly sticking with them and I think we've been critical of the blind sticking in the past with other fan bases and so it would be hypocritical of us not to be vocally critical as long as we're if we are staying a part of this but that for people who do choose to disengage, we still love you. And that's a thing that you're within, you know, understandable reasons for doing. And that was not terribly coherent, but I hope it came across. You know, it was. And I think mm-hmm. it's also valid that you can feel one one way one day and one way another day. And it's, you know, it's 68 days till pitchers and catchers report. So yeah. barring whatever is going to happen in the off season, like I think a lot of people are going to be going between the two, you know, sort of day to day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's I mean, also that's also okay. I, I mean, I'll just say as as a person here who's like who at, like I literally did completely disengage for like two weeks basically because I couldn't. I got enough into my feelings that anytime words tried to come out, and I mean this um, both written words and vocal words, it was basically just like one howler monkey screech. 
And I was like, I can't, I can't articulate this. I got to sit in my feelings and kind of like process how I'm going to re-engage with, with the players I'd love and the team that I do love. And I'm trying to sort of like, I think I described it as, Sid, you're always talking about like cutting people out of your heart at a moment's notice and that kind of thing. And I think I described it as like cutting them out with a rusty saw, not a scalpel right now. Mm. And it's, it's a little bit, it's been a little bit harder for me to sort of figure out how I'm going to close the wound. I think it's particularly a tough wound because of who's at the center of it. Mm -hmm. You know, specific people who we have loved so very deeply, who are so at the core of the team. Mm -hmm. It's a lot harder when that's who's at the center of the hurt than if it were... I don't know. I'm trying to find somebody I have no feelings about at this point. I was, like, I was already prepared for Patrick Corbin's shitty politics. Yeah. Like, I knew about them. They're bad. If you look at his Twitter, it's bad. If you look at his Instagram, it's, it's bad. But I can't recognize Patrick Corbin on a good day. Like, <laughs> But, like, I also, I don't have any emotional investment in him other than, like, I would like him to pitch well so that the team does well. Yeah, I didn't know about his shitty politics until we talked about it a while ago and like i still would have been like i'm not emotional there's no emotions here for me so yeah. fine you know um kurt suzuki was the forgotten arm to borrow a phrase here uh <laughs> and that's been the one that's hardest for me to process to mm-hmm. be perfectly honest um but, i've been having trouble sorry okay continue no no, no. I, I mean i have to process it like there's no, i don't get to not process it so it'll happen when it happens I've been having trouble with the joy of the parade, given that the emotional peak of that for me was just like literally bawling into Dara's chest when Zim came around the corner with the trophy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of reconciling that moment with what happened afterward, given that I want to remember the joy of the parade with the people that I loved that I was with. Um, and I want to remember Brian Dozier almost taking all of his clothes off with the joy that it provoked in the moment that it happened. Um, I, I feel like maybe I'm overstating it. It's just the shirt came off, but the belt also came off. And the belt that- came off. The waistband of the boxers were purely visible. Like, there was – this was happening. The, the camera also cut very fast. I have a feeling if we had been closer to the stage, we might have seen this happening. Um, I feel like they might have, they might have also, like, people might have been yelling at him, like, stop! It's a family event. He did strip <laughs> all the way down to his underwear when they went to the caps. Yeah. Like, he was wearing, I think, like, sliding shorts or, like, very long, tight boxers, but he's definitely on the ice in sneakers and underwear. Seems like a poor place to be that undressed on a giant i think field. he was drunk enough he probably didn't notice <laughs> yeah <laughs> does I was it make say, it not a good idea does it brian make it not a bad idea a, a poor place brian. to be what? that undressed brian <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's it's having everything turn around that quickly i think has made this much much worse for all of us and it, as as you said some of the players as well like i felt like it was a trap Oh yeah, I felt like it. the 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 swiftness of that visit was a trap, and, and that clear, to be clear, that doesn't absolve no. But it did. I so so before we get into the details of this, one thing that we're all very much on the same page about is that we have strong opinions about what the white American players chose to do, 
but we are in absolutely no position to understand or judge what the players of color, particularly the international guys, had to weigh in this choice. So we're just going to basically say we're not commenting on that. That's beyond our personal area that we can understand. We have strong feelings about what the white guys chose to do because that's within our purview of understanding. But what the other guys chose to do is beyond what we can comment on. It's not calculus that any of us will ever have to do. Let's put it that right. Yeah. That way. And I want to be clear that when we were talking about that, we're talking about the guys who went and stood in the background and took some pictures and made a bland remark or two and then left. We're not talking about Kurt Suzuki. No. Yeah, that's a step past. Yeah. Um, and so I think, but yeah, I think we, we were all, we are all in universal agreement that that's a calculus that none of us have, have ever had to make. And it's obviously something difficult. And, uh, um, I, you know, I just want to point out that the players who did not go will suffer zero consequences for it. And so mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of remarkable that no one that like a bunch of the, the really highly paid us born white guys don't have the like. I don't know, more fortitude of Wilmer Defoe. Um, or like, like, cause Defoe didn't go, Robles didn't go, Michael A. Taylor didn't go, Joe Ross didn't go, Rendon didn't go, Javi Guerra didn't go. Like, has anyone said anything about that other than, oh yeah, they didn't go? Not that I've heard. Um, and the only person who said why they didn't go is Doolittle. And like, yeah. I, you know, I was I was I expecting Anthony Rendon to make a big political statement? I no, I expected him to be like, <laughs> I already bought my plane tickets, and then frankly. I don't feel like dealing with customer service. Like, <laughs> um, I think his wife is almost nearly due again. So, like, there was also that. Like, it was just a case of, like, yep, not going. Yep. Um, yeah, and I think, you know, you mentioned the most highly paid of the U.S. white guys. I do think the epitome of all of this is, to me at least, the limits of allyship as demonstrated by the Scherzers. Um much has been made of the fact that they donate to democratic causes in Virginia. Um, you know, they were the first, or Erica was the first, because Max actually never said a damn word, um, the first to support Night Out from the player side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's there's a statement to be made here on allyship that happens in some circumstances, but not others. And it's not math. They don't cancel out. Um, it's still really good that they've done good things, but that also doesn't excuse them from where they've chosen to do things that are harmful and not in line with other statements that they've made in the past. And I was very disappointed in them, for example, because this is something that they have been vocal about in the past. And frankly, their allyship has kind of gotten quieter over the last year or two. They've stopped doing fundraisers for just about anything except the Humane Society, which is still a human rescue rather, which is still wonderful, but it's much less potentially controversial than stuff that they've done in the past. And so I would say that's kind of a case study in um, choosing to be strong allies when the stakes are lower Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. choosing to just go along with something when the stakes are potentially higher Although, as Sid mentioned, there really were no consequences to the guys who didn't go. Yeah, and I'm just going to point out that, like, Adrian Sanchez might not have a job next year. And he was on the Mm 40-man, not on the 25-man. But, like, a couple of the guys on the 40-man were apparently on the, you know, like, they could have gone and they didn't. Um, But, like, these are guys who are genuinely marginal players. They did not go. 
And mm-hmm. like Max could, Laura, I'm not saying he should, never pitch a day in his life and be financially secure for 18 generations to come. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's also like if we're going to talk about the calculus of that, like this is a case of one, you're going to suffer no consequences. Like, does anyone think that a, a team is going to pay Rendon less because he was like, yeah, fuck it, I'm out? No, they're not. They're, yeah. they're going to come in with whatever offer because they want, you know, the the third best available free agent on the market. Um, and so, you know, I not I feel bad for it. Some guys did go on the on on the record, but anonymously, and said they felt pressured to go because of the quick turnaround between the parade and the visit. And those are the guys who I feel genuinely shitty for. Everyone else, but, no kick rocks. Yeah, and I and we'll never we'll never have any way to know who that is. And I think like trying to speculate to make ourselves feel better no. is also probably. I'm not saying you guys are doing this. I'm just saying like putting this out there. Better not to speculate who it was that said that because you'll just make yourself crazy. Yeah, no, I. Like, yeah, and it's very. It's very tempting to try to make up reasons for so-and-so going or reasons for so-and-so saying such and such. Mm -hmm. It's very, very tempting to do that because we want to make ourselves feel better. We want to give these guys excuses and it's very human to want to do that. And I know some people are, and I think it's really important to resist that temptation. It's sometimes it sucks to stick by your principles, but you got to, you kind of have to, or they're not principles. Yep. I mean, it like it sucks. It it just it, there's no other way around it. But you can't give you can't let it go just because there's more risk here. And I mean, that's the same thing about allyship. Just because you are going to be personally inconvenienced by being an ally doesn't mean you get to stop. Yeah, and I think it's just also remarkable how little risk there really is. Well, that 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 as well. But um, you know, you can never know there's no risk until it's happened and yeah um yeah sorry this was a bit of a downer topic but you guys anybody who's listened to us for any length of time has known we had to do this like we would be hypocritical if we didn't yeah and so this was a downer, but it was a necessary downer. I would even say it's beyond hypocritical. Like it, this, this is the thing that caused caused harm. Like it causes harm, mm-hmm. and so when you want to engage with the team and say, "Okay, all of this stuff caused so much joy," you can't turn around and not say, "And this, this genuinely causes harm. It causes harm to people. Yeah. It has real consequences for other human beings." Like yeah. Daniel Murphy being shitty about and homophobic causes harm like and not doing anything is i guess tacitly endorsing it and i think Mm -hmm. you can probably clearly hear me falling on the side of i will remain engaged but vocally critical which is sort of where where i am um versus disengagement and i don't know if that's an easier choice because it's like oh you still get to be a fan as opposed to to telling telling them to all go fuck off um but at the same time, I think this is a case of if you can see something, if, if you see people do something that causes harm, y- you have a responsibility to say something, particularly in a position like ours where it's pretty low risk. Like, <laughs> and I think we do have a platform, however small. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, and we are literally at the lowest end of this particular risk spectrum. 
<laughs> I, I mean, like, I got I got paid to write about it. Like, that's that's opposite of risk. Um, like, I, I five followers out of our twenty people who listen could stop, but <laughs> I don't think they will because if they weren't listening for this kind of thing, they probably should have picked a different podcast a long time ago. I, I don't yeah. think we have five listeners. I think we have more than that at this point. <laughs> I'm being hyperbolic, Sydney. I think we have six. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. We have six parents between us. And my parents I, do so not listen. Don't listen to I tried to get my dad to listen, and he said it was boring. Um, well, my husband. Goes, time to get a different dad. <laughs> <laughs> We're your dad now, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Excuse me. I do text you for advice on tools and cooking. I mean, that's that's basically yes. it. Uh, I believe a uh, friend of the podcast, Steve in New York on Twitter, declared himself at one point to be either Sean Doolittle's father or son. I was not clear during that interaction. Uh, on which? On, on Twitter. I was like, I don't know if you're the father or the son based on this, but either way, I support your buddy. You might be the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yes, exactly. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> well played. Look, well I played. had an anxiety dream that my friend's mom was trying to convert me to Christianity. Bear with me here. Oh, boy. There's a lot more where that came uh, from. Oh, boy. Boo. Yikes. Um, um, okay. This was last night. I'm still processing. Yeah. Can, can we transition from, yeah. from this to talking? Speaking of when your team does something remarkable but it comes with a heavy a heavy cost let's discuss the astros <laughs> um the astros noises. like beyond okay so first of all the astros obviously have had act like serious endemic horrible clubhouse issues horrible management issues and horrible operations issues that we've discussed before um, yeah, and it's gone for on for a long time. And it's gone on for a long time. And I want to be clear that any Shen Freudy joy I'm about to take from sign stealing is very, very separate from the the criticism of how they handle things that cause genuine harm to other people. But holy hell, this is really funny. <laughs> they were banging on a trash can. <laughs> Here's kind of where I'm at about this trash can banging business. <laughs> how, 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 how did it work? Mm. First of all, second, how, how did no one else hear it and figure it out? Oh, no, no, no. So one, the way it worked is they had a camera set up between the foul poles and center field, which is absolutely verboten. You cannot do that. That is, that yeah. is the rules violation. They then would transmit that to a monitor hanging in the clubhouse or the tunnel between the clubhouse and the dugout, which they would remove apparently between games and after games. So again, that's a good indication of, you know, you're doing something wrong when you have to move a giant monitor. Mm -hmm. um, and then they would take... They would look at the signs in real time, which you're not supposed to do. You're supposed to, even the video replay guys have everything on a, an eight second delay to prevent exactly this problem. Mm -hmm. They would then bang on a trash can if it were an off-speed pitch. Or not bang if it were going to be a fastball. Um, which led to anomalously low strikeout rates, particularly as it came to swinging strikes. 
which explains a lot about why they swing at nothing. Mm-hmm. But what I mean is, how how does how do people hear the trash can? And if people can hear the tra- if the batter can hear the trash can, how come no one else can hear the trash can and figure out what's going on? Oh no no no! Oh, no. They players, can. players have been reporting the trash can banging and whistling for since 2017 since it started. Okay, that makes me feel a little bit better because I was just kind of like, how? Somebody on baseball perspectives, and I can't remember who it was. Uh, Rob uh, Arthur probably. With the the sound analysis, yeah, that's Rob Arthur's work. Yeah, so he did an analysis of the audio of all these games, and it's got a clear signature that you can pick up and like do pattern recognition on on the audio tracks from all these games. Um, so basically, like they this has been reported by players. Mike Fires, who was a pitcher for the Astros, who is now a pitcher for the A's came forward and was like this isn't playing the game the right way like they were doing this they clearly are still doing something like this um it was after the world series and had they won what the hell that would have mm-hmm. been two rings uh with you know an asterisk b- beside it um and basically he came forward a guy who was a pitcher for the white Sox, who is now a pitching coach for in their minor league organization said oh yeah, I could hear it when I was throwing a changeup. So the catcher and I switched up the signs and all of a sudden they weren't, they started swinging at my changeup where they weren't before. Um, and people went and found that exact game and went, oh, you can hear the bang. Um, okay. So like, this is, this is a case of, this isn't one like critical piece of evidence. It's a multitude. Yeah. Um, Reddit has found tons of instances of it. Um, a guy named John Boy on Twitter, who's a big Yankees guy, has put together a bunch of stuff. Um, there's been an email that Astros management sent that basically said that they wanted their scouts to go and look at uh, signs uh, in other games with a camera, which is, again, not what you're supposed to do. Um, mm-hmm. Signs coming from the dugout. Uh it's been on record that the scouts objected to this, and coincidentally, the same month they fired eight scouts. Oh, I wonder why. Um, now <laughs> that is at this point only a correlational event, uh, um, but they don't have a scouting department. Like they don't have physical scouts at this point, and one can't help but wonder if, when you ask your scouts to do something that they say they're uncomfortable with, and then you get rid of your scouting department, if those are connected things. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, also, they clearly don't need scouts because they've got the signs. Yeah, so who needs the scouts? Exactly. And I'm like, pointless. This all makes you sound like you have a board with red string, um, <laughs> and are like, who knew the Girl Scouts were responsible for the crop circle phenomenon? Um, <laughs> that is from a Justice League cartoon, and it is amazing. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's it, you know, this is this is a case where you feel like that until you're like. No, that's just what damning evidence looks like. like. Overwhelming damning evidence. And they haven't denied any of it. Like, they they were quick to deny that, like, the uh, Taubman, who got fired, had said anything to reporters and had mm-hmm. screamed at them, which he clearly had, and it was in front of witnesses. And they basically said that the reporter, like, she made it up and then had to yeah. walk it back and walk it back and walk it back. They haven't denied shit for this. They knew what they were doing. They did it, and they know that they know they've gotten caught, allegedly. I do. I do feel a little bit bad for Dodgers fans at this point. Yeah, they probably are. I mean, they're losing their and shit. Yankees fans ish. Uh, 
I feel less bad for Yankees fans because they've had more recent success. Yeah. I know it's been a little bit, but it's been a lot less of a bit since the Yankees won the World Series than the Dodgers. I remember the mm-hmm. last time the Yankees won the World Series, so I have but. slightly less sympathy for them. But <laughs> this is the I mean, first not, decade not. that they haven't gone to the World Series, like mm. ever. <laughs> a whole decade. <laughs> no, I, I, do, I do have some sympathy for Yankees fans. Yeah. It's just particularly the Dodgers fans that I feel bad for at this point because, well. I feel bad for everyone who had to play them in a critical game. Like, regardless of, of loyalties. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is not the... This is not fair. Like, I'm not trying to sound like a petulant child, but like, I mean, we won. We won. We won. But like, you don't get to play a different board game and say it's the same game. Yeah, and and I mean, like, you can't play checkers by chess rules or chess by checkers. Whatever. um, And like, and like, Mike Fires went on record and was like, "What really bothers me is you would have these like marginal relief pitcher guys who would come up and get lit up by the Astros, and like, it would kill their careers." Yeah, and like again, mm-hmm. when it's like, when does this cause harm? Absolutely to the Dodgers, and this is a case of, of fairness and all of that. But also, like, yeah, it's probably people who would have had a major league career and didn't. And what about like to get into player stuff? Not, not quite the marginal people, but like, how many awards have individual members of the Astros yeah. won for offensive yeah stats? Um, and like how much of that is complete bullshit now? Like, did they actually do better themselves or did they only do better from this? Will we ever know? Yeah. And I think all other things being equal, you know, like the fact is that they do genuinely have a huge number of talented hitters, but the difference maker may have been. This. Yeah. And so they like, they put together, I, I think it was Rob Arthur. Somebody, somebody put together basically a graph showing the, the walk to, I'm sorry, the, uh, yeah, the walk to, to strike out ratio or the strikeout to walk ratio. One of the two, Basically, good teams mm-hmm. take more walks and have fewer strikeouts. That's categorically true. Mm-hmm. Worst teams don't. Uh, they, they do the reverse. Um, and so you have, like, this cluster of actually the Dodgers, the Nationals. Um, but it's sort of a smooth curve of from very good teams to less good teams, as you would expect. And then you have this anomalous mm-hmm. fucking data point. And you're like, this is not a case of you have very good players, because guess what? The Dodgers have very good players. The Nationals have very good players. They specifically select for players who are going to walk more and strike out less, because like that's what you mm-hmm. do. Um, but this is this is to the point of something else is going on. Um, and like, you have to look at it. Like Bregman was almost the MVP for the AL this year. I thought he was. Mm-hmm. No. Did I uh, misread something? No. He was a finalist. He lost. He was a finalist. Okay. Oh, right. Trout got he it. He lost Trout it to him. Right. Um, um, but like, you have that. People have been giving you Darvish like shit for years. Um, I feel awful. Uh, and he has handled that with more grace than I think any human being should ever have to. Um, Agreed. But like, one, he got lit up because they were cheating, and two, they made racist gestures at him. Mm-hmm. Like, and people have been giving him shit for tipping pitches for years when, like, he wasn't. <laughs> yep. He, he categorically was not. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, like, he's been, he's like, yeah, I spent years looking for like if there was like a weird motion in my elbow, and it there there wasn't. <laughs> 
Uh, we were going to talk about how stupid this was, and now we're getting all serious about I, it. I mean, yeah. No, it's just, it's serious. It, like, it matters. It, but it's big. It matters in that this, in the world of this game, yeah. which doesn't actually fundamentally matter, but, like... But when people's livelihoods yeah. are at stake, yeah. that's when yeah. it does. Um, Kay, did you hear about the sign encryption? No. Okay, so this is this is genuinely neat. The Nationals knew, essentially, going into at least the World Series, if not the whole postseason, that there were issues of sign stealing. Mm-hmm. And they basically came up with a system where every pitcher had five different sets of signs. Oh my goodness gracious. That they would change out. It gets kind of cooler. So the signs are not just like, okay, one for a fastball, two for a curveball, three for a, you know, a changeup, whatever. Um, and we would do that in like a bunch of, of sequences. Mm-hmm. They did it such that the, the catchers would throw a bunch of different signs, you know, normal, like a guy uh-huh. on second base. But the sign that you, you would actually throw the pitch for was based on either like the number of outs in the inning oh or the number of strikes in the at-bat. This is like like friggin' NSA level shit right here. So like if there were two strikes or two outs, they might put down a two, and then the sign that you were supposed to follow was the one that came after. Yeah. It. Wow. This is amazing. Uh, and like they, I actually thought this was really really cool. As yeah, well. like they did a bunch of like basically, I, I, for lack of a better word, like ch- it's called chasing of like. Um, okay, if you're if the real sign is two after like this particular sign, they did a bunch of sort of built-in stuff like that. Um, it's amazing that no one got crossed up. <laughs> it's amazing they didn't have twenty-five more mound visits because, frankly, this is confusing to just relate. They got crossed up occasionally, yeah. and I think it makes sense now. <laughs> I mean, there was a lot of very athletic blocking by the catching staff um, um and like how do i put this i've seen Jan gomes crossed up a lot this season <laughs> <laughs> like bless his shirtless little heart he's sometimes but like he he's a very good defensive catcher and he has to catch corbin slider which is very much not easy mm-hmm. um but like b- bless his athletic little heart sometimes he gets crossed up just because which is amazing because i'm like it's gonna be a slider jan gobes you're catching patrick corbin <laughs> you have one of three uh-huh. options um but uh-huh. yeah it's it's kind of amazing that they they pulled it off and it has a little bit of a heist movie feeling to it 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 actually mm-hmm. kind of feels like the guy on ancient aliens with the fucking board and string <laughs> and tinfoil actually found the alien <laughs> okay like <laughs> coincidence their mascot is an alien <laughs> like that's what it sounds like that's what it feels like uh, <laughs> someone was like aliens man and they were like holy shit it's actually fucking aliens so yeah i mean this is one of those things of this this brings me so much joy and yet like i have to to balance that joy with the the, the real life consequences of things that they do mm-hmm. but i also am like just from a purely baseball interesting perspective that's so interesting um sean went on twitter and was like yeah it turns out i had to do mental math for the signs i'm like sean you have one pitch 
no, you don't. <laughs> we know it's coming. You know it's coming. <laughs> you have one. Annabelle Sanchez should have gotten a pocket calculator. <laughs> I don't know. How old is he? Maybe he should have had a slide yeah. roll out there. If it made him, made him more comfortable. He's 35. <laughs> <laughs> He's younger than I don't me, know Laura. Why you're this I don't know what time I stopped using slide rolls. I used them in Apollo 13. Oh my god! <laughs> Laura! This, like, did you realize this is payback for years of making fun of her? <laughs> yeah, it is. We are on the other end of this uh, seesaw now. Yeah. And it tastes very, very uh, Episode sweet. title, Give Annabelle Sanchez a Slide Roll. <laughs> um... But like, oh, Lord. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, but I was like, Audible Sanchez had to do, I don't know, calculus, like, I, I'm <laughs> sure that there were, like, differential equations involved in figuring out what he was going to throw, versus I'm like, Sean, you have one pitch, you're, you're going to throw that one. <laughs> and you're going to throw it high, and it's going to yeah. elicit a fly ball, and that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the other thing about the sign stealing stuff. You don't have to steal signs to know what Sean Doolittle is yeah. throwing. You don't have to steal signs to know that in a two-strike count, Patrick Corbin's going to throw a, a slider. Where he's going to put that slider is highly variable, but like you don't have to steal a sign for that. Um, you just have to have a scouting department, which I guess the Astros don't have anymore. I mean, do you need a scouting department <laughs> to tell you that, that Strasburg has a next-level change-up like the Cardinals <laughs> remarked on? That also was fucking hilarious. The Cardinals manager was like, oh yeah, Scout told me his change-up was next-level, and we're like, our eyeballs told us that. <laughs> Yeah, people got paid for that information? Basic pattern recognition told us that. (laughs) Would you like to hire my mother? Yeah, like... (laughs) She has now watched five Nationals games this year. She can tell you that. Um, And so I think, like, there was was that of... You don't have to do those things to, to be able to recognize what's about to come. And there's actually a question of how much this helped... It helped their offense in that they they struck out less and walked more, which is obviously helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but the question is, like, in terms of run production, did it help? That's actually more up in the air. Yeah, there's gonna they're gonna have, some big math is gonna have to be done to find the answer to that if you can even. Yeah, I mean, run production is it's it's obviously the outcome that most directly impacts games, but there's secondary. Like, if you walked more. And it didn't result in a run, but it did drive a starter yeah. out earlier, for mm-hmm. example. Um, like, that's a two-step correlation to run production. You need that inter- intermediate variable. But hey, if you got the Nationals into the bullpen earlier, what bullpen? <laughs> <laughs> Should you be in the World Series if you don't have a bullpen? I am so gratified that you finally understood that reference, because I clearly don't have fr- enough friends who know 10 Things I Hate About You word for word the way I do, which is surprising. Um, I mean, I saw it back in, in theaters when they still had, like, the hamsters running the projectors and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, it was actually, it was, I saw it as a play. <laughs> <laughs> the soundtrack was uh, still played by a piano in the corner. Yeah. Um, um, it was just a the camera. Uh, no. the captions, you know, the little cards. Yes, it was a si- it was a silent movie, Laura. <laughs> Actually, honestly, like an old timey card with "Should you be in the World Series if you don't have a bullpen?" It would be amazing. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, I don't want to minimize the bullpen. The bullpen's great. Daniel Hudson, can you come back? That'd be nice. Yeah, I really he was he was a gem of a human, and I'm very glad that we got 
to, to uh, oh one one little parade highlight we didn't mention was um he was up at the front of one of the buses with his family and everybody was chanting huddy 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 and nobody noticed until the bus was almost past us that Schross was on the same bus hiding behind them <laughs> as friend of the show dara puts it nature's most perfect introvert <laughs> um yeah he was at a, a clippers game like on Saturday and everyone's like, what does it mean? Is there a new Pope? Like <laughs> we've seen him in public. I can't uh, imagine what it means for Strasbourg to be in the state that he's from. Um, <laughs> well, and he, he apparently moved his family out here, but I'm like, it's the Saturday before Thanksgiving. He was there with Boris. So like people are like, maybe he's hearing from like the Padres or the angels. I mean, and like, Boris like, is also based in California. So a, yeah. we know he's going to get offers from other teams anyway. And B, they are both from California. And C, the game he was at um, was a, a Clippers game with um, one of the, the star players for the Clippers also went to San Diego State, who is also a, you know, won the NBA championship in uh, in Toronto as well. And so this was also clearly like a PR thing. I, I, I also think a takeaway should be that not every single string board finds an alien. <laughs> yeah. So maybe we could all put down the tinfoil. I don't know. Somebody pointed out he looks a lot like a Vulcan. <laughs> Like oh but no he 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 might be an alien, <laughs> but we that's not the alien we're trying to find that's not the alien in this particular room. Like he's got pointy ears and he does not understand human emotions. <laughs> this is this is damning. <laughs> um, uh, he might be. I don't know if he's green. Like he clearly doesn't like sweating. So <laughs> I don't how know how that relates to Vulcan physiology. I don't know if that's they more... sweat. I can look it up and get back to you. Don't don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna take us down a whole separate. They got road. two hearts, and I think one is like in a chest cavity. Like, well, I guess all hearts are in a chest cavity, but like one is like in a place you weren't expecting it. But they, I think they have two of them, and their blood's green. I, their blood's green. I don't know if they have two hearts or if that's Time Lords, but there's definitely a heart where the liver should be. Yes, Time Lords definitely have two. Okay, hearts. maybe I'm conflating the two, but like Vulcan hearts are not supposedly where where human hearts no, are. No, I'm pretty sure they're where human livers are. Okay, where would Spocks be? Like in the middle, or is it like a? Mm, mm, I don't know how it's possible to have a half human, half Vulcan. If the difference in physiology is that significant, quite frankly, and I certainly don't see a way that he would be able to have children himself. <laughs> but I don't want to go down that road. Speaking of Strasbourg, yeah, understanding human emotions. <laughs> yeah. Gerardo Para. <laughs> oh, the anti, the anti Strasbourg, if you will, as far as emotions goes. So, Kay, are you are you aware of? aware of yes okay. yeah he's signed in japan kiss the which is a bummer goodbye. for us however i was thinking about it and if you pull something even remotely close to the baby shark while he's over there they are going to absolutely love him uh i think they're gonna i think they're gonna love him because apparently everyone just loves him well that that to be fair but like you know we've talked about this a little bit in the past like people do coordinated dance routines for specific players mm -hmm. We got a taste of that with the baby shark stuff. If he goes over there and does something even close, he's going to be like the fan favorite of the entire country. Which is all uh, I really want for him, honestly. Like, yeah, I would love for him to stay, but frankly, a future in which Gerardo Paro gets to be really well loved and happy is a really nice future. Uh, to be fair, he could have had that future here with us. Uh, no, I mean he was he was pretty marginal. Like he's getting paid vastly more there than he would be here um and i'm kind of like 
you know, even though we have only had a few hours together, we've loved a lifetime. Um, <laughs> that is a reference to Terminator, Lara, a movie that came out before you were born. I haven't seen it. Ah, well, he's he's our Michael Bean in this. Um, I don't know what that means. We're gonna have to just keep on. We're just gonna go past this. <laughs> A lot of people's heads just exploded. <laughs> We're just gonna go. Um, but yeah, like he, you know, this is he came into our lives in one hot summer, taught us how to feel, and now he's gone to do to do something else. Um, I'm. Uh, he was the Nationals' manic manic pixie dream. Yeah, boy. I know, I know. <laughs> or like Patrick Swayze in Dirty Dancing. Like that. Uh, no, uh, Kay, Alexa, and I friend of the show Alexa and I came up with a fake Manic Pixie Dream Para uh, movie that we were talking about. It's called 162 Games of Summer. I mean, we just watched that, <laughs> though, right? We just watched that happen. <laughs> Time for the fictionalized uh, counting, uh, Honestly, right? yes. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but, you know, I think it's it's a it's a good landing spot. He'll get more playing time than he would in the, in the U.S. or in the mm-hmm. MLB if he signed with the Jays. Um, too and i think that that's important he's not old like he's not in the last days of his career um right. but his offensive production has diminished over the past couple of years um while still being a really good defender so i think that like this this seems like a good landing spot and clearly he felt that way too because he signed pretty pretty rapidly after after um a quick free agency mm-hmm. quick question because normally I have this information on lock, but I've forgotten. Is the original shark still in? Because he was in Korea for a while, but is he in Korea or Japan right now? Bernardino? I thought he was back in the U.S. Yeah. Is he? Damn. Um, I mean, he, the last I saw, he was playing in the, and forgive the pronunciation, honkball tournament. Um, there was a Dutch uh, baseball tournament, and in Dutch, uh, baseball is called honkball. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Petition to change the name immediately. Um, yeah, uh, it was. It was. Let me let me look up the actual name of the tournament and then butcher it because uh, it's it's terrible. Uh, yes, it was the Honkball Hoof de Classe of 2019. Oh <laughs> he did play in Taiwan in 2019 as well. Apparently, um, he's okay. currently in the Mexican Damn. League. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, I was just, I had vague dreams of a shark shark meeting in Japan. And I was like, I don't think he's, in, I don't think he's been in Japan for quite some time, but maybe, maybe there's a hope. And it's no, he's also, he apparently, I think he's just playing wherever he, wherever he can fundamentally, but yeah, he's, he's yeah. playing both in Korea and um, for the Mexican league and in, in a, in it, cause he's from Curacao um, in this, in the mm-hmm. honk, honk ball tournament. Um, if you had to wager, how old is Roger Bernardino? I actually know this information, but I think I may have forgotten it. Just guess. I think he is like... Thirty-seven? Thirty. He's thirty-five. Like so he would be okay. like... A, not median age, but like mode age on the nationals. <laughs> um, and like, yeah, and and you you know that uh, former nationals na- great Adam Dunn is up for a uh, he could be elected to the Hall I of know. Fame. How old is Adam oh. Dunn? 
Oh, he's he's much younger than anybody thinks he is. <laughs> um, and I'm generally not disparaging of people's appearances, but 40, but a rough 40. <laughs> oh, I actually don't remember what he looks like. Um, well, his nickname was Big Donkey, so that should help inform that. <laughs> I know he was big. That's all I really remember about him. Yeah. Um, he was a little bit I know he's ahead not- of my time. But he is less than four years older than Howie Kendrick, and he is up for all of fame. Mm-hmm. And Howie's probably going to end up on the Rays next year, which I think is a is probably a good fit for him. Mm. Um, I know he's not going to make it in, but man, it would be it would be so great if Adam Dunn made it into the Hall. Oh of fame. right, that's what he looks like. <laughs> it's a uh, little bit if you took like Doug Fister's height, but then you put Kyle Schwarber on it. <laughs> That is exactly what he looks like. Uh, he came from the jowl factory. <laughs> yeah, he came from he came from the big potato boy factory of baseball, non Joey um, Votto edition. <laughs> like he's like I mean that in terms of he's sort of shaped like a potato, <laughs> not like he looks no, like a potato. No, okay, we know. <laughs> um, but oh, good for you, Adam. Good for Dunn. you, Gerardo Parra. Good for you, Gerardo. Um, they are apparently sorry. I know we're wrapping up. Um, they haven't announced where the Women's Baseball World Cup is going uh, next year. Still? Nope, they still haven't. I My money Thanks. is on Japan. Is it Saka retiring, though? Road trip. Uh, well, with the Olympics, um, they're also doing a women or a girls-only, um, like, not tournament, like, baseball clinic, like, right after the Olympics. Oh, that's cool. In Japan. So my money would be on it being in like one of the many Olympic stadiums afterwards, which would be amazing. That'd be awesome. Um, and if that is the case, I will start saving to go because I I want to do that yeah. and I want to see Harada Paro play. We'll start a Kickstarter. Be like, we will report on it if you send us there. <laughs> but I think a resting Patrice road trip to Japan would yeah. be. Amazing. Can you call it a road trip? A plane Water trip. Water involved. I mean, we could drive through the ocean. It just wouldn't be very successful. Um, we can just be like, yeah, we're, we're looking for the ball that uh, Max Muncy hit into, into McCovey Cove. We're yeah. looking for it in the ocean. Um, but yeah, I think I, I would love it if we could do that. So we'll have to see. Um, Laura, do you have our final tallies for Queer Fancy Stats? I do, in fact. Um, so over the course of the year, there was the main donation to Smile based on Sean Doolittle's Gimli. And then there were a number of other secondary donations for certain players who had done things that we wished to raise money over. Um, (laughs) and so the base donation to Smile came to a total of $355.20. And then if you add in all the other donations to places like the Montreal Center, One Colorado, Asian American Lead, and My Sister's Place, um, the total total comes to $480.62. Wow, not bad. And shout out to the continuing most wonderful allies that we know, the Doolittle Dolans, who continue to match these donations, including both the smile ones and the bonus ones. They doubled the smile one. Awesome. Yeah. 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 So yeah. they're they're doing incredible things. And um, 
also, you know, plenty of regular people with regular financial means are also participating in this and matching. So lots and lots and lots of love to everyone who is participating in this in whatever scale they are able to. You're all wonderful. Well, a good year for Queer Fancy Stats. Um, and we'll definitely be looking forward to see where that goes next year. Um, or if anything goes with the, the off season, we'll keep you updated. Um, as far as us for the off season, we are going to, you know, we're not going to take a break for the whole off season. I don't know exactly where our schedule is going to be yet because we haven't figured it out, but <laughs> you can look forward to some episodes from us. Um, especially if, and when more players than Gerardo Parra start moving around. Oh, can um, I also mention the annual? Yeah, please do. Please. Um, so in addition, uh, for, for all of your seasonal present buying needs um i wrote the comments for national the nationals players for baseball prospectus's big book the annual uh it is available for pre-order um i believe wherever books are sold uh you can get it off amazon um but i believe sean doolittle would encourage you to pre-order it from your local independent bookstore and so would i um but if you enjoy such things as a Dolly Parton song parody about Anibal Sanchez's changeup or um, <laughs> discussions of how human cloning made Jake Knoll, you will enjoy the annual comments. Uh, I also uh, had to write a bunch of comments for the Nationals bullpen with a bunch of, hey, remember some guys, guys. Uh, so <laughs> look for those. Um, I tried to be nice because they're human beings, but it, it's, it was, it was pretty dire at some points. Um, uh, one involved a Jane Austen joke, so I was very proud of that. Um, but yeah, so check it out. Uh, the essay for the Nats is, um, going to be written by Kelsey McKinney, who used to write for Deadspin, RIP Deadspin, um, is writing the, hmm. the essay. Um, and, uh, Jarrett Seidler, uh, who is also on the BP, uh, team and he is largely wrote about prospects because I'm like, I don't know who this guy is. And he's like, no one should, <laughs> but I get to write about it anyway. And he was wonderful to work with. Um, but yes, check it out, pre-order it, uh, you know, support your local independent bookstore and, and grab it. Um, but I'm very excited for, for folks to read the comments and, uh, and, really frankly the entire book and there's a sentence you don't get to hear every day i'm very excited for folks to read the comments <laughs> um well we'll make sure that we get drop some links on our twitter and our website so that people can easily go and find this too um <clears throat> our website is restingpitchface.com. our twitter is restingpitchface with no g um, you can always email us uh, your comments, as long as they're the want-to-read-them kind and not the not-the-want-to-read-them kind, um, at our email, restingpitchface at gmail.com. And all that stuff's linked on our, our website, including some merch stores, um, and we will get a link to this annual as well, if you're looking to purchase anything. Um, with that, I'm Kay. I'm Laura. And I'm Sydney. Let's go Nats. Let's go Nats! Let's go Nats! Please come back, Tyler. It's just not the same since you went away. We really miss your eyewear. And the way you confused that is at the plate. There's a seat for you right next to Drew, and we need you to pitch the aid. Besides, there's no other team who uses chocolate sauce to celebrate.